Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number to give me a call here on Calvary Live. I want to wish everyone a good afternoon, and I'm so glad you're tuned in to today's program of Calvary Live. I will be your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figgs. I am the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm here to take your questions and prayer requests. That's what Calvary Live is all about, to be able to uh, take your calls at 303-690-3000 to be able to answer your questions the best I know how, point you to Scripture uh, to give you clarity and understanding. So give me a call. We have open lines, and grab one of those open lines, and we'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got a question about the Bible, maybe about Christian living, maybe you have a prayer request. We also take prayer requests because we want to minister to you. We want to go to the throne of grace in time of need. So I'd love for you to be able to call in and give a prayer request. I'm sure that some of you, that you have family members, friends, situations that you really need prayer, and we can all join together this afternoon for the next hour and just uh, pray, and there's power in prayer. And uh, so we want to be able to do that. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call uh, to be on the air. And also I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners today along the Front Range in Colorado, Southern Colorado and Fountain, Pueblo even, West Pueblo, um, Colorado Springs. Uh, You're listening on 101.7. Love to hear from you guys. Got a lot of good friends down there. Um, It's, um, you know, an area that... I grew up in, and I would love to hear from you guys. So uh, also uh, would uh, like to uh, have you guys call listening on 89.7 in, in northern Colorado, and that is from Castle Rock up to the metro area along the Front Range in Longmont, Boulder, uh, Fort Collins, Greeley, up in the southern Wyoming, Cheyenne, and Laramie. Love to hear from you guys up in Cheyenne and Laramie in the Wyoming area, and uh, give me a call as you're tuned in to 89.7 Grace FM, and uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, also, I want to welcome all those on the East Coast that are listening on Hope FM and, and Truth FM. Uh, you too can call in at 303-690-3000. Uh, I'd love to talk with you. Uh, you are a week delayed, and so um, you can call in and uh, listen to yourself next week. But I also know that some of you are listening online uh, as uh, you're tuned in to Grace FM. And uh, so give me a call, online listeners. You can call anywhere in the country at that number that I just gave, 303-690-3000. Very quickly, I want to just give to you that dedicated text line. And if time permits, we want to uh, be able to go to those text questions and prayer requests. And that number is 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897. Again, 
My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley. I'm usually here on Tuesday afternoon, delighted and blessed to be with you. And I just want to read a quick scripture to you, and then we're going to hit the phone lines. Uh, but um, in Psalm 93, uh, I just love this um, portion of uh, Psalms that we see here is a Psalm for the day of the Sabbath day. But the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God, and they shall still bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh and flourishing, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And I just want to remind us that as we go to him, and as we um, are ones that together, uh, the body of Christ coming together, looking to the things of the Lord, uh, as we are planted in the Lord, uh, we're going to bear fruit, and we're going to be refreshed and renewed and flourish, just like that palm tree that you see, uh, perhaps uh, when you go to Southern California or to Israel yourself, um, and you're going to be established like a cedar, a large tree in Lebanon. So let's go to the Lord together. Give me a call. Hey, uh, 303-690-3000. Grab one of those open lines, but we are going to go to line one. Uh, you're on Calvary Live. Hi. Hi. Hello, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, yes, sir. I just had a, uh, you know, I really just had a prayer request. I'm in a custody battle right now with my son. They're trying to get uh, full custody. They've uh, turned my family against me, and I just, you know, I'm just seeking the Lord on this, and I would just request prayer. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm so sorry you're going through a difficult process, but Father, I just pray for this caller who's called in. You know who he is. And it's a very difficult thing to go through a custody battle and all that's involved in it. So I just pray that um, you would bring peace into the situation, that you would bring truth and clarity and understanding, and that there would be a resolution um, that uh, would um, favor everyone really involved. And Lord, you know what's going on. You know the pain, the hurt that's taken place. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just um, work in this situation and that everybody would stop and, um, and that, take, um, that the legal system, uh, whatever they're going through right now, mediation um, would work in a place where we see you show yourself strong. So I just pray for this individual. Um, I'm sure he's concerned. He, uh, it's upsetting. But, Lord, I just pray that you would work in this custody battle. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Thank brother. Thank you so Frank. much. Okay, absolutely. All right. I'll keep listening. God bless you. Uh-huh. You know, when somebody hangs up, uh, that means there's an open line. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. These are difficult things, and Christians are not exempt from them. And uh, so we would just want to continue to pray and pray that God will be involved in this process in every area of our life, uh, the difficulties that we go through, that we want the Lord's help and strength. And um, there are those times where uh, we need to just turn to him and trust in him and rely on him, even as I just read that he's my rock um, and he's the one uh, that will give it the strength to get through things like that and, and to pray. So um, anyway, um, it's a difficult thing. Let's go to Maggie in Westminster. Maggie? Hi. How are you, Maggie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, Maggie, 
if you got yes. a radio on, can you turn it down? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, that's going to be okay. a lot better. Okay. Okay. You can go ahead and just turn it off because I can still hear myself. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I turned it off. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm. I called in for my best friend's mother, Linda. She has four stage cancer and she's battling. And she is a Christian, and she's a beautiful person inside and out. Okay, absolutely. And her name's Linda? Yes, Linda Garcia. Okay, let's pray. Father, we pray for Linda. She's um, in a stage four cancer, very serious. And Lord, we just pray right now for your touch upon her. We know that there's nothing too difficult or too hard for you to heal. You're the great physician, and you're the one that can uh, bring that healing. So we ask for your compassion and, Lord, for your mercy and for touching her, uh, for Linda. But, Lord, uh, whatever your will is, that you bring peace into this situation. And, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, that you would minister to Linda, her family, um, to Maggie, um, that they would see um, that... Um, your goodness, and see, uh, Lord, that you are working, that you promise that you're going to work in eternity's values and perspectives. And so, Lord, may they trust in you and rest in your love. We we do come to you because you are a caring God, and we can give you our supplications, and we do this right now. We just pray for, for your healing touch upon Linda, minister to her heart, comfort her, Lord, bring peace to her, and that assurance that you love her, and that you're with her. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet, Maggie. We'll be praying. God bless you. God bless you, too. Thank you. You bet. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. And so when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, 303-690-3000. And so glad to be with you this afternoon. And a couple prayer requests have come in, so we want to be able to pray with you. And we want to be able to minister to you in that way. And uh, so, you know, if that's what the Lord has for us today. Uh, but if you have a question, give me a call. So uh, we're going to continue on the phone line. So let's go to Larry in Colorado Springs. Hi, Larry. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I had a you question. Um, it's a theological question. Yesterday I was listening to one of your pastors. I think it was on 100.7 or 101.71. And the uh-huh. pastor was teaching about 1 Corinthians, where Paul says that Christ, after he was resurrected, first appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve, and then to the Five Hundred, and last of all, to Paul. Now, my question is, and he had a theory on this, but I didn't get to hear today's message, which is where he was going to talk about who the Twelve were, because at that point, Judas was dead. So there's only right. 11 apostles. They had not yet appointed... Matthias, or whatever his name was, until Acts. So you've got 11 apostles. So I thought, well, maybe when it said he appeared to the 12, that's just sort of an idiomatic phrase, meaning the apostles. But I wasn't sure. What's your theory on that? Who is the 12th apostle? Because the Bible is accurate. I I don't think it's just willy-nilly about things like that. Yeah, and, you know, there's a debate, because one of the the, uh, requirements uh, for you know, the apostolic apostles there was that they saw the resurrected Lord. So 
Paul, we know, being an apostle, saw the resurrected Jesus. He mentions that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it says here that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, and then by the right. Twelve. So right. the debate comes, oftentimes what we hear is Matthias, right, in Acts chapter right. 1. Was he part of the Twelve? And there are those who say, no, Matthias really shouldn't have been one of the Twelve uh, because Peter cast lots. Uh, they didn't go to the Lord. They didn't really seek. That was an Old Testament method. And uh, so, you know, Matthias really, um, you don't hear much of them and stuff. I don't know if I hold to that um, necessarily, because I think there's a clue given to us. If you go to Acts chapter 6, it uh-huh. says, Now in those, those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their uh-huh. widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the okay. twelve, it says, summoned the multitude. So that's Matthias, right? He's included in the twelve. Okay. So that's a little bit of a hint. And it doesn't say, well, the eleven, Matthias, you know, was a, a false apostle or a fake apostle or wasn't shouldn't really be at the twelve. He's mentioned as the twelve summoned and it and it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God or serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men. So that's the the, the um, ordination or the first deacons that we come in the church. So what we see there is Matthias is included in the twelve. Now, okay. when you go t- to the new heaven and the new earth, right? The foundations um, that are listed there are going to be the names of the twelve apostles um, right. that are listed there. So the debate comes of, is it going to be Matthias that's going to be written, or is it going to be Paul that's going to be written on the name of foundation? There are those who say it's going to be Paul. Um, There are those who say it's going to be Matthias. I don't know for sure. Um, It's a good, interesting discussion, but we're going to Uh, find out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Paul Paul, uh, includes himself, or or includes Peter. He said he first appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. So Peter is included in there twice, both as the one uh, individually, then as part of the twelve. So he certainly could have included, uh, you know, Matthias in there as well. That makes sense. Or he could have included Paul. Paul could be yeah. speaking of himself. He has spoke to the twelve apostles, and then he spoke to Paul uh, separately yeah, but, or at the end. So he could be right. including himself in both groups, both as an individual and as part of that group. So it could it could be Paul as well. But it's interesting. He if it is him, he he humbly doesn't mention himself as being one of the twelve. So I just thought yeah. it's kind of kind of fascinating. It's kind of a debate that uh you know the Bible tends to not use a lot of cliches like that, like the twelve is just it's just a reference. Right. Because what else is just a reference? What else is a question in the Bible right. that we shouldn't really take that seriously? And, so I tend to think it's really I, twelve people. Yeah, and and the thing is I think um to keep in mind that in when he came to them, uh the eleven uh, were in that room hiding. Judas had already killed himself. So to you know to come to Cephas and then the twelve, uh, Matthias saw him later if he's included. And so you know just some things. I think he's saying the twelve, just like what we read in Acts chapter six. And then he says at least um, you know then he was seen by uh, me. So you know time will tell. Uh, it's interesting. So, 
uh, he would come to the 11 at first, and then uh, Matthias would see him to be qualified as an apostle. And then That's Paul, true. of course, saw the resurrected Lord as well. So, And then 500 people saw him at once. Uh, but, right. you know, even there are those in Luke's narrative, I think it says, that um, when they were in that room hiding, that there was others with them, that when the Lord showed up. And I think, who was with them? You, you think about that. Was it was it Mary? Was she with them? Was it um, was it you know uh, you know some of the others that uh, that had believed uh, Bartimaeus, the blind man from Jericho? It'd be interesting to know who was there. So uh, interesting things. But I, I like that Paul here uh, in First Corinthians fifteen that he's saying, "Listen, you got the eyewitness account of the resurrection." And if you got 500 people that saw the resurrected Lord, that's pretty good evidence. And because there, yeah, because there are those who come along and say, well, they were hallucinating because they were so distraught. Um, If we went to a court of law and there was 500 witnesses that said we saw this one event, it would be overwhelming evidence. So I like that Paul brings this up. And, you know, if people would just search the scriptures, they would see that there's great evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And but, our faith and, hinges and, on that. And Theophilus was a man of power. He, he's writing to Theophilus. So if he said, just yeah. go check it out. If you don't believe me, just go check it out. Ask those guys if they didn't yeah, see exa- him. So they had, he had plenty of opportunity to, to refute what Paul was saying if he wanted to do it. Yeah, and there are those in Corinth, apparently, that were you know refuting the resurrection um, and he's saying, listen, the resurrection really happened, because if the, Jesus Christ didn't rise from the grave, then we're in our sins, and our faith is futile, and we have no hope. So our faith hinges on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we need to always remember that. A bodily death, Jesus died bodily on uh, the cross. He was bodily buried, and he bodily rose from the grave. And so those the uh, things are very important. So, hey, thanks, Thank Larry. Very Thank good you question. Thank you for your time. You bet. Absolutely. God bless you. All right, 303-690-3000. Good discussion. Always remember, folks, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very foundation of our faith. And there are those who will come along and say, well, Jesus wrote spiritually or uh, try to refute the resurrection. Um, there's all kinds of theories. The swoon theory, uh, the stolen body theory, there's the wrong tomb theory, all these theories that can easily be dismissed um, as we look at it objectively, as we look at the the account of the resurrection. But Paul here gives us strong evidence when he says in 1 Corinthians 15, there are 500 people that saw him at once. Go and ask them. Some of them are still alive. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And that's what makes Christianity so unique, because what makes Christianity unique and true is that there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem, that the body's not there. Jesus Christ rose from the grave. He was seen, the resurrected Lord, and he is truly Lord. So we always go back to the crucifixion, Jesus Christ and him crucified, and the resurrection for the basis of our faith. So very good. Uh, good discussion. Let's go to um, the line one. Let's go to um, somebody calling from Maryland. So, Hi. Hi, you're on Covery Live. How are you? Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, so I'm trying to just kind of ask the question in somewhat of a nutshell. Um, 
I just wanted to get your take, um, biblical take on, for someone like myself who has been an introvert all her life, um, dealing with social anxiety, um, Mm -hmm. I have a difficult time attending a, you know, corporate body. Um, I will attend like a a small group uh, for a Bible study or a prayer group and what have you, but I don't know what it is about going into like a um, quote-unquote church um, and then like going through the, you know, the whole process. Um, I, I don't know if it's because of social anxiety. I'm not really sure, and I'm actually trying to get um, information from uh, one of these ministries I saw on TV um, about like healing as a choice and what have you. I mean, I would love to be healed, like, of course, you know, instantaneously, but I know that's sometimes not how it works. I guess I'm just, I want to do what's right in the the eyes of God, and And, um, so I just want to know know, the best thing to do for an introvert like myself or, you know, somebody like myself. And and he's going to help you with that. He really is. You know, you quoted... um, you know, from Hebrews 10, we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. And you mentioned that you're in a prayer group. You're in a Bible study. Well, then you're not forsaking yourself. Okay. You are with a group. First of all, I want you to be comforted by that because Jesus said where two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst. And sometimes people, they they become anxious um, when they're around a lot of people when they're in a sanctuary and, and you know, that's very real for them. They just are nervous. They can't be around a lot of people for different reasons. There, there are some, um, that I know that, uh, being a a chaplain for 16 years in law enforcement, talking to those that were in the military, the PTSD, they, they just cannot be around people and we want to encourage them and bless them and I think a small group is a great place for you to start and, um, and you know, for you to get comfortable and then to ask the Lord, if you want me, you know, to be in, in a place where, uh, you know, I, I, I want to, to, to go where there's uh, a larger number of people and stuff, then you just pray about it and seek the Lord about it. But I know what it means to be introvert because I was really introverted from, you know, the Lord did that work in me and I didn't like going to church at first. I remember when they asked me to first hand out bulletins, you know, in this Mm -hmm. small church, it stressed me out, man. It was like, (laughs) no, I don't want to talk to people because it just, it did that. And the Lord over time though, just did a work and it didn't happen overnight, but he just ministered to my heart and um, it, it's kind of funny because when I got married, I was really an introvert. My wife's an extrovert, almost 30 years of marriage and being in ministry now for 27 years, we've kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Um, but I, I know those feelings of being anxious and, um, I, I felt like, God, you, you know, why would you want to use me? And, um, but you're in a small group, just continue to be in that, continue to be in prayer to, be with people that um, that you know are going to be there to lift you up, and then if the Lord wants you to take a step further and, and be actually we're Sunday morning at a church that you know has uh, a sanctuary and a large number of people, He'll help you with that. But um, you know we can pray for you and 
And um, you just keep going to the Lord because he says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, listen, if he can do that work in me, he can do that work in you. Okay? Okay. I appreciate that that word and feedback. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I, I guess he, I just feel like it's been since I became a born again Christian, you know, been it's been many years, and um, so when you said like start like start somewhere, and then I just feel like, yeah, I I don't know what I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna just continue to trust and believe that um, you know, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna change, he's gonna move me. Um, I rather yeah. like instead of going um, you know, when you're in church going through different things, I rather be like hands on doing stuff physically for See people that, as opposed to being around, you know, a group of people. <laughs> you know what? Uh, and that's, yeah, I, that's the way I was. I went in a little church um, in Colorado Springs. There was about 20 people. We are in a daycare center. And I was happy going in, pushing the toys aside, setting up the chairs, you know, just behind the scenes. And, and that's the gift of helps. And there are people very comfortable. I was very comfortable coming in and cleaning the church. I was very comfortable going and, um, and you know, just, um, you know, going shopping to get, you know, cleaning supplies and paper and yeah. things like that. Yeah. You know, that was me. That was me. And I was very comfortable. And I was just there helping the, the pastor. The church was slowly growing. And I, I may not have the anxiety that you did, but, you know, I just kind of kept to myself, minded my own business, was listening to tapes. So I know those feelings. And, and the Lord really just slowly did a work in me. And like I said, when they said, do you want to usher? I said, I don't want to usher. And um, because then I have to say something to somebody and I have to talk to people. And I w- just wasn't comfortable in that. And then over time, after I said, you know, the Lord got me to usher, you know, just say good morning you know, to hand bulletins out. And then the pastor um, asked me, he was going to be gone, if I would do um, a Wednesday night or Sunday morning, I can't remember. And that frightened me. That frightened me so bad. And here's the thing um, that, you know, will be encouragement that a lot of people don't know. But I did my first service, and a guy came up to me, and he said, you know, I didn't understand a word you said. And I was determined not to ever, ever teach again. But the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, kept working in me and being faithful. And you know what, sister, he's going to be faithful to you. Amen. And today, today okay. I still stutter and I still stammer. And you know what, my, my brother and I grew up with a speech impediment. We took hours of speech lessons. Yeah, I was told. I was told you will never, never speak in public. And God said, I'm the one that has the final say in this. And he brought me to that place where I am so thankful and I am so grateful. But it took time. It took time. And just and he's every- my confidence. Oh. Yeah, he's my confidence. So Amen. I can say I know he works on people in different ways where you are and you know, so it's going to you know, definitely just trust in that, too. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long it took for him to work on you, but I, I know that we can't compare ourselves to others, and that's another problem that I have. But So I just can trust and believe that he's, yeah, he's going to do it in his time. <laughs> he's going to do it in his time, and I want to encourage you with this, and then we're going to go to a break in just a minute, but he chooses the foolish things of the world and the weak things of the world and the things that are not to bring to not the things that are, that no man can glory in his presence. And he wants to use people like you and like me. So, Father, I pray for my sister. I thank you for her call. Encourage her that, Lord, you're the one that calls and enables. And, Lord, that you'd fill her with your spirit and peace, that she doesn't have to be anxious. And, Lord, just help her to step forward in what you have for her and use her with the gift of helps or any other areas. And I know you're going to do that work in Jesus' name. God bless you, sister. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay. Hey, we'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. So get on those phones uh, and see if we got an open line. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. Hope you're having a blessed day. Looking forward to the second half of Calvary Live today. I do want to let you know Uh, Those of you up in northern Colorado that we are continuing in the book of Revelation on Wednesday night, so come join us. We're looking at the seven letters to the seven churches, and we're going to be looking at the Church of Thyatira, the corrupt church. So it's so rich, these letters, because it speaks to us uh, so powerfully uh, to our church, and it speaks to us as Christians as well. So 7 o'clock here at Calvary Greeley, love to meet you. We got a place for all your kids, nursery, children's ministry, youth groups meet. Love to have you come out and worship with us and uh, study the book of Revelation. I want to remind you that Revelation is such an incredible book. There is a special promise for those who read the book, those who hear the book, and those who keep the words of the book, and that's what we're doing. So if you want to be blessed in a special way, come out and join us. We're in chapter two. We got a long ways to go, but it's very rich. And to also remind you that the book of Revelation is meant to be studied. You know, there's a lot of churches that won't study the book of Revelation. There's pastors that say we won't go through the book of Revelation. And I think it's unfortunate. It's part of the canon of Scripture. Uh, It is not to scare us, but to prepare us and give us wisdom for the day in which we're living in. So I'd love to see you uh, coming out uh, and study with us on Wednesday night. Uh, We're easy to find. Check us out at our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. Well, we want to go back to the phone lines, and let's go to Bonnie in Baltimore. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you, Bonnie? I'm blessed every day. Um, I have a kind of like... Um, first of all, I want to tell you that I've been in Colorado and Boulder. I was in King Challenge there. Uh huh. Up in Boulder. So, yeah. Uh, it, it was a really great time there. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. I, isn't wanted, it? I wanted to uh, ask a, a question. First of all, uh, my 
I have uh, three kidneys. Um, I'm 63, and they're telling me that this kidney has to come out. It's coming out um, next month, which I want you to pray for me about. It's on the okay. 22nd. But I went to church, and I went up to pray. This is a new church I'm in. Um, I, I prayed for a long time to get into uh, a really needy church because um, I'm a warrior for Christ, uh, one that's going after, you know, um, out there hungry to help people. Um, okay. I have a street ministry. So okay. uh, I think I found a church. When I went up there, uh, she she didn't say um, my kidney. She said, I'm praying for your liver. And I, I said, you mean my kidney? And she said, no, the Holy Spirit saying your liver. Well, I didn't say anything, but two weeks before that, on an x-ray, it showed up that there was a shadow on my liver. Uh-huh. So she was praying, and, and, and I could feel the Holy Spirit, and it got warm, right? And all of a uh-huh. sudden, that, that tension that was down there was gone. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Right. So when the pastor came over to me, um, I've always been in a shepherding-type church. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. I didn't know how to feel about this. And when I get stumped, my my facial shows, you know. Uh, he blew on me. Uh-huh. What does that mean? I have no idea. Have you ever you heard? I, I, I tried to look in the Bible. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Well— all, all I can say, Bonnie, because of the description you give me, the church and everything, I don't know if it's a church that um, is more of a charismatic church. You said a shepherding church. Um, um, that, there's, there's like, uh, there's, their um, family has places for like singles in need and all, like me. Okay. I live in one of their their yeah. houses. Okay. I pay okay. rent. Um, I have but, I have chores. Yeah. You know, like but, a shepherd, and they give you a hand up. Yeah. So one of the things that you did was right, and that is you said, I can't find it in the Bible, no. and we always want to check everything out through the Bible. I mean, blowing in somebody's eyes, I don't know um, don't if that's something. Jesus did different yeah. things, but but the main thing is check everything out with the Bible, like you said, confirm everything with the doctor, like what you're doing, and, yeah. um, and you know, because— you know, even Jesus said that those who are not well need a physician. That was from mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And Luke was a doctor. So, you know, God uses them. Um, yeah. So, and he does heal. So, you know, you praise Wait. God for the healing. And, so um, I'm going for but, a confirmation on the liver. I made yeah. an appointment for that. Good. That's what you so do. That's what you're com- supposed you know, to do. We have to back up this stuff. Yeah. So you want that confirmation, but why don't we go ahead, pray for, um, you know, uh, you, you said you got to have a li- uh, kidney removed, and yes, let's pray I for that. I have three. <laughs> wow. So usually we only have two, right? Right, and I have three. I was really blessed. Okay. Time. And it okay. worked all let's, this time. Wow, amazing. Let's pray. Father, I pray for Bonnie. Uh, she's just, um, Lord, she loves you, I can tell. And... Uh, Lord, uh, I just pray that uh, they take a a kidney out, um, that it would go well, and she would cover quickly. But, Lord, uh, the confirmation with her liver, uh, there's a spot that, that, Lord, I pray there is healing. We just uh, pray for her. We pray that you strengthen her body. 
Uh, she has a street ministry. We pray that you encourage her in that. I thank you for her desire to go out and minister to others. And Lord, just touch her physically, bring healing to her, touch her emotionally, help her to continue to grow in the Word of God. She searches the Scriptures. Just bless my sister in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Bonnie. Appreciate you calling. Keep me updated, okay? Okay, I will. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley in northern Colorado. So we have, I believe, some open lines. Let's go ahead. Let me look at my scroller. Let's go to David in Denver. David? Uh, yes. Hi there. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, thanks for taking yeah. my call. Uh, also, Absolutely. thanks for doing the show, uh, I guess. Um, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's um, cool stuff. Uh, my question uh, was just a theological question on what you thought maybe of the idea of um, all being saved versus people who only believe um, except Jesus Christ's existence. Because um, uh, I could see, you know, I've maybe, like, looking through rose-colored glasses all the time, I could read a lot of the scripture that says um, uh, who you should not perish uh, and except have everlasting life. Oh, I messed that up. Mm-hmm. Those who believe it's in me or in him, speaking about Jesus, right. I believe. Mm-hmm. Where I can read those passages and kind of uh, in hopes that everybody would still be saved, as in, yeah, he's saying through him as if he needs to go through his trials and tribulations and go through the actual sacrifice. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what he meant through, you know, or typically. Um, so I know, um, I'm not sure, there's a lot of things that kind of say, or a lot of verses that kind of say, slightly specifically, you know, if you believe in me, then you'll be saved. But at the same time, they're not, in my eyes, they're kind of not fully convincing. Um, but then again, I haven't, thankfully, I haven't read the great book uh, cover to cover myself. I've just, right. you know, read it over time, over 30 years, and Believe well, I, I think David, I think it. that you know you are are asking a very good question. I, I think it's an extremely important question: is does salvation come through Jesus Christ alone? And where in the Bible does it say that? And I think a good book for you, David, to read first of all is John's Gospel, uh, because we see that Jesus makes some claims in that Gospel. In, in chapter 14, he would say to uh, his disciples in that upper room, he said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, exclusively. I am the truth. I am the life. He would say to the religious leaders, again in John's Gospel, if you do not believe that I am he, then you will die in your sins. So we see that Jesus very clearly, he talks about his ministry. Now there's Um, something I need to remember. That's one that's been past my memory is the one coming from Jesus' mouth right there, that if you don't believe in me, then you will be judged or die in your sins, I guess. Yeah, he says, if you don't believe that I am he, he's saying this to the religious leaders. Um, then, Then... um, you know, um, uh, yeah. then you will die in your sins. Um, he also talks about, um, you know, he says um, that he he talks about that he's the resurrection and the life. Uh, he is the door. 
Um, he is uh, all others who come into the sheepfold. Any other way is a robber and a thief. So all these claims of deity that he makes, um, you can examine them, and you can see very clearly that Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. And, um, and he is the one judgment's been given to him, and he um, makes that very clear, and the scriptures make that very clear. Also, I yeah. want to give you from the book of Acts. Um, in the book of Acts, you know, they were bringing the apostles in, fr- in, you know, in front of um, the Sanhedrin Council, and, and they would say, and I'm going to read to you from uh, chapter 4, they're telling the apostles, quit, you know, preaching the gospel. Quit, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving the name of Jesus. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he says that there is salvation. Um, he says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mm, that is true. a very clear statement that he gives there. I'm going to give you one more in Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 2. And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes that um, about Jesus, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now that does not mean that it is a universal salvation. What it means is is that even those who at the end of their lives who do not submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and come in faith for salvation, then um, they will stand at the great white throne judgment of Revelation chapter 20, and they will be forced to declare that he is Lord. Also, the book of Romans is a very important book for you to read as well, because Paul makes it very clear that we're all guilty, we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, but we are justified. That word justified is a legal term. It means um, that you are declared righteous. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So you see that salvation comes alone by faith in Jesus Christ. It, he exactly. alone is Lord. He alone rose from the grave, and, and he alone will judge. So I think the case is very, very clear. Um, and it's important, too, uh, that we understand that. Because, oh, yeah, I'd say for myself, you know, come, if, yeah. if, you, if you think that everyone can be saved, then as a believer, you can make yourself super lazy. Um, well, the the thing about it, David, is we're living in a culture today where even churches, and I use that term, you know, um, very generally, that there are those behind the pulpit saying there are many ways to heaven. It doesn't matter what you believe or who you believe, that there's many ways to God. And Jesus said, narrow is the way that leads to salvation. And Jesus makes it very clear that, that salvation comes 
only through faith in him and what he did on the cross of Calvary and rising from the grave. And that's what we need to proclaim, and that's what we need to stand on. So those are verses that you can look at, again, showing people John's gospel, um, that it's very, very clear that he is the way, not a way, but the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, uh, your yeah, verses there. Um, they also remind me of a story that I remember. Um, I think it might be in the Old Testament where a man uh, is able to talk to Moses, I believe, from the pits of hell or something, um, and he asks to tell his family, "Please, please tell my family about um, the Lord, so they don't end up like me." Um, yeah. Kind of remember some a... sort of story like that. That, that was Luke 16 that Jesus told that story of Lazarus oh, yeah. and the rich Jesus man. Jesus was telling that story, actually. Okay. Yeah, and, and the one who went to Abraham's bosom. So, you know, it's it's true, and there is, you know, separation from from the Lord of those who reject him. So, yeah, so, yeah, keep reading and keep sharing those with others. Okay? All right, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, let's go to... Line one to Tony in Colorado Springs. Tony? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, Pastor? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. So I had a question on Matthew 24. I was just kind of reading casually, um, trying to learn more about the rapture. And I grew up in the 80s, uh, a Christian all my life, and always had believed, especially with the Left Behind series, that that, had, that scripture in Matthew 24 had to do with the rapture of the church. Um, then I read it in the Amplified, and the Amplified blew my mind in that it changed my view. It, it specified in the Amplified version that the ones taken away were the sinners, the unbelievers, and the ones that got left behind were the believers, where, of course, the Left Behind series is the actual reverse of that. And I've always been taught the reverse of that. So if it's not about, right. the, if it's not about the rapture, then what is it referring to? Because it's talking about the day of the Son of Man, um, and yet the believers stay behind, and the wicked get taken away. Yeah, and there's a debate on that. And for the sake of our readers, I'm going to read it, um, that then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. So that, that's the text in which you're talking about, Correct. right? Then in Luke's narrative, he also speaks the same thing, um, and um, I'm trying to remember it by by um, heart here, uh, when he talks about the day of the Lord being like the days of Noah and uh, like Sodom and Gomorrah, and he also says that two will be sleeping, uh, two will be in the field. So when I read that, there's a worldwide event that happens because two are sleeping, two are working, nighttime, daytime, right? Right. So... That's the clue that we have. The debate comes with scholars is, is it taken to judgment? And, and that seems to be an occasion because in Matthew chapter 25, um, there are those who say that's what is being talked about in Luke's narrative as well. Um, in Luke's narrative, it talks about the eagles um, that come and, um, and gather so some say it's being taken off to judgment. Some say it's being, you know, um, you know, others being left behind. Either way, there's a separation to me. That's what's being told to us. I think it does speak of the rapture of the church because it is linked to Jesus says, I come in an hour that you do not know. I come when you're least expected. That speaks of the rapture of the church. 
not the second coming of Jesus Christ, because the second coming of Jesus Christ, we know that it's going to come at the end of the tribulation period. So I I, I don't have a problem with it, talking about uh, the rapture of the church, um, taken off into to judgment. Um, there's going to be a division, um, and um, I think that uh, perhaps that um, it, it is speaking of the rapture, but there are others that say no, it's not, and and they they say it's taken off into judgment. Either way, there's a division that's there, and when we read it, it's tied to the return of the Lord. So um, that's where the debate is. Right, and I, and I agree. I, I I know it's about separation. I was just thrown off in that I always my entire life yeah. I believed what you know, just like the series had said. You know, we're you know, we're the ones staying behind. I mean, we're the ones being taken away, and then the rest are left behind in judgment. But then to look at the scriptures and and see in the Amplified, of which is something I, I fairly trust, and to show that no, it's the, as the days of Noah that there was the the evil ones that got taken away of the non-believers by the flood. So it is with this scripture, where the ones taken away are taken away to judgment, but not in a good way, the bad kind of judgment, like the flood took them away in the bad way, you know, to death. So it just kind of yeah. threw me for a loop because that was just it was something I'd always believed in, and that just threw a wrench in it um, because it reversed everything that I had remembered being taught. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just kind of curious what what your take on it. Yeah, and, heard- and that's kind of my take on it. So you know, I think Luke Luke's narrative to me helps out a little bit because he talks about the day of Noah, the day of um, you know Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, when Noah and his family locked themselves into the ark, they weren't expecting judgment to come, were they? Um, They were eating, they were drinking, you you know, that's what it was like. Um, They were given in marriage, and there was eight people that were right and a whole lot of people that were wrong. And judgment came, it began to rain. Same with Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember the story in Genesis that when Lot went to tell his son-in-laws you know, hey, fire and brimstone's coming. They thought he was joking, and and they didn't know that it was going to come. Uh, but they were, you know, s- selling. They were buying. It was culturally stimulating. Um, it was very evil, but they weren't expecting the judgment to come. So, um, and then he goes and he says that there will be two in the night sleeping, two will be grinding, working, and and I think that to me it's mostly just talking about. Um, a separation that's there, but uh, you know we're going to be separated, and then judgment's going to come on a, on a Christ-rejected world um, when we're raptured out of here. So right. that's well, kind of my take. Okay, yeah. well, I appreciate your time, Pastor. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. It's a good question. So, okay, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We got a little bit. Let's go. I think it's Bonnie that is next. Bonnie from Baltimore. Yes. How are you, Bonnie? Um, I'm I'm okay. I just had a prayer request for me and my husband. Um, I I lost my job a while back. I'm still trying to been able to um try to get another job, but um he lost his job uh, about a couple weeks ago. So I was hoping you could um pray for us, and hopefully we'll get a job soon because we have to pay uh. our rent and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, Father, I pray for Bonnie and her husband. I pray that they would find jobs, that you would supply their needs, that you would uh, bring them to the right job uh, to where um, they, you know, they can enjoy and, um, and work at and be able to provide for their needs. 
I pray you take them to the right place, that this was happened in an orderly time to where uh, they can pay for their rent. So, Lord, just bring in them the jobs that they need. Uh, provide for them in every way. Bless them. Lord, work. Show yourself strong on their behalf, Lord. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll Thank be praying, so Bonnie. Much. Okay, we'll be praying. God bless you. All right. All right. Let's go to, to while well, we got some time left, let's go to Keith in northern Colorado. Hi, Keith. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Uh, thanks for oh. taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I just had a question about um, listening to um, different uh, styles of music. Mm-hmm. And as as a Christian, um, what what would your uh, advice be to uh, you know? I guess listening to say rock and roll or country music or any kind of music that's maybe not uh, edifying to God. Yeah, and you know that's a good question um, to ask because you know there there are Christians that like to listen to country music. There are Christians that like to listen to rock and roll. They'll ask me, can I listen to rock and roll? I just say, only if it's good rock and roll. Um, and, but, you know, I, you know, when growing up, I don't, I don't listen. I just listen to praise music, but I'm older. I, but when I was younger, I'd listen to country music once in a while. I listened to, you know, the music I listened to was in the seventies and eighties. Okay. That's how long ago it was. And, um, our, my good friend, Richie Foray, who pastored for years Calvary Chapel Boulder and in Broomfield. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So um, just a friend of mine, a blessing. But I think the, what we need to uh, determine is it is important what it is that we're putting into our minds. The Bible talks about renewing our minds. And, and for me, um, I, I think a good lo- guideline is this. In the book of Philippians, and uh, you might write this down and pray through it. But the book of Philippians chapter 8, and let me get to it, that Paul kind of says something that's important for our consideration. And he says, in chapter 4 of Philippians, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, and whatever things are noble, and whatever things are just, and whatever things are pure, and whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's uh, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I think that's a good guideline uh, because there are lyrics in rock and roll or in you know country music that talk a lot about perhaps immorality or drinking or you know things suicidal thoughts, things like that. And I think that we need to be careful as Christians. And I think that is a good guideline to filter everything through, whatever things are true and noble and just and pure and of good report and lovely. If they're praiseworthy, meditate on these things, because it does matter what it is that we bring into um, our minds. Now, there are Christian bands that are more rock and roll, and um, there are Christian bands that are you know, rap, or there's Christian country, kind of a country swing, you know, tune to it. And so, um, you know, they have uplifting lyrics, and they're praising the Lord. So those are something that you might want to turn to. 
and um, and listen to. And um, you know, there's there's some good music out there uh, rather than listening to secular music all the time. Um, right. but it just it can be a downer and stuff. So that's that's a good thought. And for those who are listening, that's a good thing to teach our kids and to talk to them about. And then you don't have all this, you know, you teach it when they're young. Um, teach that verse to them. Talk to them about it. And uh, because it's not only with music, but what we watch and what we're pulling up on the computer and apps and things like that, social media, this is a good guideline. Uh, to teach our kids and for all of us as Christians to think about and pray through. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like along with the lines of uh, what kind of movies, I guess, that we watch. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I, I've heard it worked out where, you know, teenagers, you know, they get a call from a friend, and when they think about these things and, and, and they want to really be careful what they bring in, it doesn't become a fight with the parents, but we're teaching them, listen, is this going to pollute you? Uh, be careful. Have those discussions. And so we want to be edifying, uh, and we want to be careful what it is because there's a whole lot of the world, a um, whole lot of the world uh, that comes into our homes so freely and what we're pulling up, apps, social media, all that stuff. So it's a good verse for us all um, to uh, consider. So, hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Okay. Hey, we're uh, coming. Thanks for your time. You bet. You bet. Absolutely. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show. Had a great show. A lot of good questions. And I think that's a good, good verse to end on. You know, be careful what it is that you're bringing into your mind because uh, there's a lot of worldly things out there. We want to meditate on those things that are praiseworthy, good report of virtue, uh, whatever things are pure and lovely. So, hey, God bless you. We've had a great time. And looking forward to when I'll be with you again on Friday. God bless you. Have a good evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.